welcome to Alumni Voices, a podcast series from Oxford University. I'm Guy Collender and every month I speak to a former student about their memories of Oxford and the impact of their studies upon their career. In this episode we are behind the scenes at the theatre with Louise Chantal, the director and CEO of the Oxford Playhouse. Her career in the world of the performing arts has now come full circle. In the late 1980s she was the president of OWLS, the Oxford University Dramatic Society and today she oversees the activities of the Oxford Playhouse. Louis Chantal, thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us about Oxford's cultural scene. Pleasure. Let's begin with your involvement in student amateur dramatics. I arrived um, having done backstage at school, Bradford Girls Grammar School, for a long time, and I thought of myself as a lighting designer. And I'd had a year out working on Fuller Spot at the Bradford Alhambra, I was a lighting designer and within, I would say, a, a term, two terms, I was doing six plays a term. Uh, and we'd do shows in the, like, the Lindsay Rooms in Balliol, which was this tiny, it's not there anymore, but it was tiny little theatre of seating, 50 people. And you literally ran the lights off two 13 amp plugs. And if it got, if it started to over, overheat, you had to whack the, the fader down to sort of, it'd be crackling and I had to whack all the lights down suddenly, otherwise everything would blow, which it did occasionally. So it was fun and challenge, but not really, you're not, not really learning your craft as it were, because there's a limit to what you can do in a room. And so by the end of first year, I was starting to uh, produce. I stage managed a tour, national tour, of the uh, Oxford Review that summer and got involved very heavily with the um, with Oxford Theatre Group which was then the theatre company that went to the Edinburgh Festival and so my my entire student career was basically ran round going to Edinburgh in the summer doing student shows during each term and then at the end of my second year I, um, I got this call, I was a, a message in the pigeonhole uh, at Lincoln College and um, I just said please ring Cameron Mackintosh. I'd never heard of Cameron <laughs> Mackintosh but I rang him and, um, and it was actually uh, Cameron who was very interested at the time in giving the university a considerable amount of money and wanted to talk to students who were active in student theatre in order to say what, well what do you want them to spend it on, what do you want us to do and that was the start of the Cameron Mackintosh Professorship of Contemporary Theatre and um, myself and a couple of other members of ARDS uh, went to see Cameron in his cottage in Newbury that, on a Saturday morning. I came back, I left my course the next day um, and took a year out in order to work for, the, um, for student theatre to sort of organise it all for Cameron. Um, that was the start of what is still the University Drama Officer sabbatical. And I um, and we, we basically said, well, we want to do theatre for real people, not just um, not just students. So we'd like a theatre with a public license. Sure. So the beat we 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 got a public license for the Burton Taylor Theatre. We raised the money separate to Cameron in order to do the changes in for health and safety and that sort of thing to give it a public license, which it still has, and it's now the studio of the Playhouse, hilariously. Um, and then we um, also we, we set up various things that supported theatre throughout and that was the start of the Oxford International Tour which every year goes to Japan now. So I remember 
seeing my tutor on the street in Market Street and saying, do you know, Stephen, I think I want to go back, come back. And he called, looked at me and went, well, you can. And just pleasantly, walked off. Pleasantly surprised. <laughs> so I actually came, went back, uh, having done the sabbatical shit, felt a bit weird because obviously all my year had already left. Mm. So suddenly I was a fourth year and I was on my Todd doing English. Um, I had a great deal of catching up to do because there wasn't an awful lot of reading going on in certainly in my second year. I was really pleased I'd done that, you know. Uh, and but by then I was, you know, I'd done I'd done pretty much everything um, I could do in Oxford except work at the Oxford Playhouse because it was <laughs> which shows. you're doing now. Yeah. yeah. So incredible, just combining all those different. Uh, strengths of yours, those the studying and, and the theatre. Could you tell us a bit more about the, the trip to Japan? How did that unfold? Because that's a huge <coughs> undertaking. We took um, 10 actors, two directors and two producers uh, to Japan for a month, but we then went on to Australia and America as well, um, because we felt like we should might as well keep going. So, And we did two shows. Twelfth Night and a contemporary play called Find Me, right. which was quite controversial in Japan because it was about mental health. It was about a girl mm. with schizophrenia, and there was still—I mean, it's changed very much now in Japan, but it's still very much then. It was very much a taboo subject, right. both disability and certainly mental disability. Was um, it your first time to Japan? Uh, well, setting up that tour yeah. was definitely yeah, yeah. my first time. Setting up that tour was the first time on a plane. Right. Oh, uh, but uh, setting up that tour, yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. And then that's grown from strength to strength. That still happens. That still happens every year. It's, it was very much uh, strengthened by the inv um, involvement of Thelma Holt, Dame right. Thelma Holt, who is a, a legendary theatre um, producer, and who has worked consistently in Japan with some extraordinary uh, Japanese, well, a particular Japanese director, Yuka Ninagawa. And uh, Thelma uh, has been sort of handed the remit of nurturing the Cameron Macintosh professorship and has consistently supported student drama for uh, well over a decade now. So she came, her involvement in all that was well after my time, but she, my goodness, has she supported the Arabs since. And you studied BA English Language and Literature at Lincoln yeah. College. Aside from all your, your theatre, were there any particular literary works that grabbed your attention while you were an undergraduate? I mean, I did a, a lot. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, really, yeah. ridiculous. You probably couldn't do as many plays as I did now. Right. For a start, I doubt the faculty is as indulgent. Right, right. Yeah, but I was never going to be, you know, I was, I, frankly, I was never going to be a star first pupil. So sure, I think sure. they thought that. I mean, I certainly wasn't lazy. No, everybody no. knew that I wasn't lazy. So I think my tutors felt, well, she's using her time in Oxford to the best of its mm. um, purpose, really. Um, and that's what I did. Actually, after I finished university here, I went to do a, um, a postgraduate course in, in Japan because I, mm. I fell in mm. love with Japan, actually. And I was uh, actually at the St. Catherine's set up a, an a satellite um, institution in Kobe, right. and I was one of the first of the, co the first year cohort. So I went to Japan for a year, and I came back in order to take Emily and myself to the Edinburgh Festival to do Sex Three, which sold out everything, won every award, Fringe First, then the Perrier, was called the Perrier Award, 
I mean, just sold everything, won everything. Um, it was all extraordinarily exciting. Transferred to London. And funnily enough, I never went back to Japan. I had a job there, but I never went back. So I just stayed in London, and that was the start of my professional career. Fantastic. So things evolved organically. There was no grand plan. Well, I mean... You always wanted I to be in the theatre. 20 years ago, yeah. if somebody had asked yeah. me, I would have said, well, I always wanted to work in... I really want to work in new writing sure. and international work. Yeah. Mm. And 20 years later, I look back and I've kind of worked in new writing and international work in a very haphazard way. I mean, one of, it's very rare for someone in the theatre to work in so many different sectors as I have, because, you know, quite often people start in the subsidised sector working mm. in those sort of, you know, monolithic organisations like the National Theatre or the Royal Opera and move up through that. or you work in the commercial sector and start going to the West End or start doing, but it's doing much smaller work from the start. And I've worked in both. And I've also worked in lots and lots of different jobs because I started off as a producer then I went to be a marketing and press manager for the best part of 10 years. Uh, then I went back to being a producer. I was a programme director at the Edinburgh Festival. I've run venues. I've, you know, I've, 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 I've done pretty much every job, apart from wardrobe mistress, I've done pretty much every job there is to do in the theatre. And many, on many occasions, I've sat down and gone, this is crazy, you've got no career plan, you've got absolutely, it's absolutely ridiculous, you've got to get some structure, you know. And then I, I just look at it now and I go, oh, I did all that in order to be able to do this. And that's that breadth right. of experience is so rich, isn't it? Because that's what you need in your current <clears throat> role. You understand yeah. all the different parts of the theatre yeah. in, in a I way mean, that you wouldn't have if you had uh, maybe stuck to a more, say, structured approach. To, to yeah, well, I, I mean, we can look back now and think that, but, you know, uh, really it was about... I mean, I, I, I've also been, for the best part of 20 years, with a few discrete years in between, uh, self-employed. Because mm. as a producer, you are self-employed, and every time you do a play, you're sort of a little startup. Set new play together, start, bring the team together, raise the money, do the play, and wrap it up again, sure. and do the fight and do sure. the accounts. I mean, it really is like setting up a little th company every three months or six months or two years. And in September 2014, you returned to Oxford as the director mm. and CEO of the Oxford Playhouse. Mm. The theatre's now thriving. Aladdin is on at the moment. We're in the heart of the panto season. Uh, such success was inconceivable back in the late 80s when the Oxford Playhouse was forced to close because of financial difficulties. So what's the outlook for the theatre now? I think um, very positive. Uh, luckily, so does my board and so does the Arts Council, so that's good. I mean, every cultural organisation... Um, I mean, not only in the UK, but in the Western world, I would imagine, um, is under scrutiny and pressure uh, at the moment, but at the and will continue to be so, if not more. But we, I mean, we thrive on a position on a, in a situation where we have public funding that covers only ten percent of our turnover. Right. That ten percent makes a difference between being able to take risks. Uh, invest in a very, very extensive outreach and participation programme, education work with local schools. And the great thing, the thing about Oxford, what people don't realise, and it was so shocking when I came back, is we see a certain Oxford of, you know, leafy, Beaumont Street, lovely, you know, sure. St Giles, lots and lots of institutions. 
But there are six wards in this city with the lowest ten percent in the lowest ten percent percentile of it, of literacy. In the whole country. In the whole country. Wow. There is huge deprivation in Oxford. And so one of the things that the Playhouse does is really invest time and people and skill in uh, education projects, it, particularly in those postcode, I mean, it's that, it's that strategic in those postcode regions, uh, areas. And we, um, and of course, you know, none of that work is income generating. So we can raise some money um, against it, but if, if, if I had to say anything has changed in the last couple of years, it's the ability of regional theatres to raise money from sponsorship, corporate sponsorship, trusts and foundations. It's just not there. We've, we've taken huge risks with our own production for the first time, The Tempest. We did a co-production on the main stage for two weeks and broke even. But, you know, we are able to take those risks because of that cushion of the Arts Council and also funding from the university because the university are also one of our key funders. They, um, without that extra uh, support, again, the work that we do here would be greatly curtailed and I would have to take far more populist and commercial risks, uh, commercial choices really. Sure. And that's a bit dull. Mm. And those links with the university are particularly strong when it comes to student productions as well. So you yeah. have uh, the main stage reserved for up to two student productions a term. Mm -hmm. How are they received? I've been astonished at the quality of mm. the work by students. In my first term there was this absolutely glorious production of Martin McDummer's um, uh, The Pillar Man, right. which was just clever. And um, it's carried on like that. I mean, some do really well. Um, West Side Story, we sold every single ticket. The skills that you learn, particularly as a, both an actor and director and designer, mm. Mm. Um, in terms of um, tackling a main stage mm. like the Playhouse, 600 seat theatre, yeah. you know, that is a big task. Um, it, it, it takes people way beyond anything they'll have done at school, way beyond mm. they've done anything in their college. And also, of course, Oxford alumni receive their 10% discount with their alumni card from they productions do. at the Oxford Playhouse. They do. Apart from Saturday night. And what advice do you have for students keen to forge a career in the theatre? Just do an awful lot of it. You have to do two things. If you want to work in theatre, um, you have to go and see a lot of work and ideally do a lot of work. That's it. Louis Chantal, thank you very much for sharing your stories about your work in the theatre, both as a student and now as uh, the director and CEO of the Oxford Playhouse. To find out more about the Oxford Playhouse discounts for alumni and to listen to other Alumni Voices interviews, please visit www.alumni.ox.ac. Okay.